Hello listeners, just a quick disclaimer. This mock draft was recorded prior to the Kansas City Chiefs making a trade with the Baltimore Ravens to move out of the 31st overall pick, so that will not be reflected in this draft. Also, if you'd like to see the board as we draft, feel free to watch this mock draft at youtube.com slash theundroppables. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is a very special episode of the Undrafted. We're doing a, uh, a full first-round NFL mock draft, and uh, I've invited uh, four other uh, members of the Undroppables to join me today, and uh, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. And uh, I know a lot of mocks will include trades. We're not going to allow trades just because we, we – you know, we're like, uh, you know, we're hard to wrangle just as it is. So never mind. We're not going to try and uh, the degree of difficulty needs to stay uh, stay right where it is. But what we're going to do, though, is is we're going to do it in a, in a fashion where we're going to pick who we would pick. Uh, we certainly may talk about what might happen or may not happen or what other teams might or might do. Um, but we're going to just choose who we would choose. Um, and I think that'll be a lot of fun. And so we don't know who. You know, I mean, we probably know who's going first, but after that, there's going to be a lot of curveballs. So we're going to have a lot of fun with it. And uh, uh, joining me today is my producer and good friend, Michael Duncan. Michael, what's going on, brother? Nothing much. I'm excited to be on this side of the mic, and I'm hoping that I won't hate myself after I pick for the Eagles. <laughs> well, that that's a that's assured. Uh, you know, uh, JGR Sega Whiteside. I mean, you just might as well double down and take Sage Surratt. See, now I just want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm already dreading this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, you know, hey, you know, it's it's cool. We're <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna hold you tight, and you're gonna hang right in there. Uh, also that. joining us, Mr. Uh, San Francisco 49er fan, fellow co-founder of the uh, of the Undroppables, my very good friend, host of the Unscripted podcast, and uh, the Fantasy Football Terminator, Term Randall Kennedy. What's going on, Term? What's going on, man? I'm I'm super happy to be here. Uh, excited for this thing. Absolutely. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun and hopefully we can keep it all together. I mean, we've taken a few practice runs at this thing and it's, it's sometimes falls apart at the seams. So yeah, we definitely need to keep the difficulty level where it's at. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> absolutely. Technical difficulties and uh, you know, IQ difficulties, all sorts of problems. We got uh, war wardrobe malfunctions, but uh, we're moving right along. Uh, <laughs> also joining me today is our offensive line guru and uh, you know, uh, Part of the No Net crew, Mr. Brad Wire. Brad, honored to have you on the pod. Thank you for having me. It, it's it's uh, it's one thing to get shouted out about twelve times in an episode, but to be on it is an actual. Uh, it's it's a great feeling. So thank you for having me. Absolutely, my pleasure. And then the the youngest uh, member of the triumvirate here is uh, Mr. Kyle Larson. Kyle, what is going on, my man? Thanks for having me on. I'm super excited to talk some rookies tonight. Yeah. And- Three dogs popped up. 
Yeah, Kyle. Uh, Kyle has definitely uh, just turned twenty-one, so he's drinking tonight. So we might we might lose Kyle halfway through when uh, when that third drink hits in for him. Um, <laughs> you know, he doesn't quite know how much he's supposed to drink, so it could get ugly for Kyle. But Kyle's a real real good uh, draft nick and and pays a ton of attention. So I definitely wanted to have him on. So provided he doesn't pass out, I think he's going to have a lot to offer. Uh, but kicking it off tonight is going to be the commish, the producer, Michael Duncan. Take it away, brother. Alrighty, so uh, what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to just be, you know, our master of ceremonies or whatever. I'm going to do all the boring stuff that Jax doesn't want to do. I'm going to walk us through who's picking, when they're picking, in what order. Um, but I'm going to let everyone else do all the fun stuff and, you know, make the actual picks. Uh, so um, to start us off, obviously, we all know who is on the clock, but... To start us off, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars on the clock, and FF Terminator is going to be making that pick. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of not a lot of uh, um, intrigue here with this pick term. So, I mean, I think which we know which way we're going, but um, you know, so let's just get this one over with, Aba. Yeah, I won't leave you guys hanging or twisting in the wind on this one. Uh, with the first pick in the 2021 NFL mock draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select. Quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, this one seems like a no-brainer. I mean, we 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 tried to find something interesting to say, but there's not too much to say here. I mean, it's just it's just wheels up for everybody in Jacksonville. They get their guy, and and we kind of go from there. I, I actually do think there's intrigue starting with pick two. Uh, so maybe we'll just kind of move fast here through pick one and and, and get the commissioner back up because that pick's going to fly off the board, eh? Well. On the clock with the number two overall pick is the New York Jets, and making that selection will be our very own newly 21-year-old Kyle. Kyle Larson, the first 21-year-old general manager in the history of the NFL. He's going to probably pick like uh, his his bay, Trevon Morig or something like that. But Term, I got to ask pull. you, brother. Thank you. That's a good pull. That's, it's the only safety I know in the entire draft, so I'm just going to keep <laughs> mentioning him, okay? Now I'm only teasing. But Term, I really wanted to know, like, you know, you kind of think a lot like a GM a lot of times and a lot of your content, you know, out there is is very well thought out. And, you know, from your spot, I mean, I know we don't have every bit of information, but from the information we have, if you were the the GM of the Jets, would you uh, would you pull the trigger on Zach Wilson or would you go in a different direction? So uh, from a purely football standpoint, Zach Wilson and Justin Fields are pretty equal, right? Uh, for all intents and purposes, we haven't met these guys. We haven't spoken to these guys. We haven't interviewed these guys, but Zach Wilson is from Provol. He's from BYU. He's from the middle of nowhere, Utah. And Justin Fields is from Ohio state, the Ohio state, right? He signed, he, he started the petition that got the big 10 their season. He's the Mm. reason that, that, that the big 10 even played football. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about New York. We're talking about battling the front, the Yankees for the front page, and and the the New York Giants for the the front page of the papers, uh, and someone who's going to be in the spotlight all the time, and and leadership is going to come into come into play here when you're talking about quarterback for a New York franchise. That might tip the scale to Justin Fields for me, if I were deciding between these two picks. Lord knows I'd be taking Justin Fields as well. I'm kind of curious now because you and I definitely agree here. Uh, Michael, Brad, before um, before Kyle picks, any any thoughts here? I'm Justin Fields. 
It's that simple for me. I'm not a fan of Zach Wilson and his very punchable face. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that that is true, but I shouldn't talk because I think I have one too. But Brad, what do you think? Most here? definitely. Yeah, hey, shut up, term. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Brad. What do you think? Oh yeah, no, I think I I'm I'm 100 in on Justin Fields here. I mean, um, he can just do it all. Um, he's he's such a complete quarterback. Um, there's there's the rumblings that he can't make all the reads, but um, I think he'll he'll do just fine. Uh, getting up to speed, he'll be he'll be fine. Wow. So Kyle, the 21 year old, I think he's going to throw us off the scent here. So Kyle, take us home, baby. What's going on here with the number two pick with the Jets? Yeah, I think it's going to be four to one here. I mean, I do love a good Justin Fields. He's definitely quite the player. He showed that in the semifinals against Clemson. Um, and I really respect him. And I think he's a great, great quarterback. But I think Wilson's really good, too. And I don't think he gets enough credit for you guys. I think while Fields would probably come in and be a better quarterback on day one than Zach Wilson will, I think Wilson has better um, arm traits that will make him a higher ceiling prospect, and that's why the New York Jets are going to select quarterback Zach Wilson, BYU. There it is. There uh, it Zach is. Wilson has been selected, and uh, coming up, we have... Coming up, we have, with the third overall pick, the San Francisco 49ers, and we have FF Terminator back on the clock. Yeah, I mean, this is your hometown team term, so we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna let you go last. But, uh, you know, obviously I think with everybody who just went, um, I'm picking fields. Anybody else going in a different direction? I mean, we all just picked fields last, so if we're picking here, we'd probably go in that direction. I'm assuming uh, Michael and Brad – if you got anything different, otherwise, Kyle, what would you do here? Would it be Fields for you as well? I think personally, I would pick Fields, but I can see the argument for Trey Lance that a lot of people are making. Um, obviously, they've had contact with both of those guys a lot recently, um, just setting up their own workout for Trey Lance. Even um, I think if they really do want Jimmy G to be the guy for next year, which I don't think should be something that they take into account when they make this pick. But Agreed. like they keep saying it. So if they really do want Jimmy G to be the guy, then they should pick Lance because Fields is going to blow Jimmy G out of the water straight out, <laughs> right. straight out of minicamp. Right. Michael, Brad, any anything? I am still Team Justin Fields. Although I will, I will say that the other two quarterbacks have much less punchable faces, and that is a plus in my book. Yeah. Hey, Term, you, 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 you've got your, you know, finger on the heartbeat here, so to speak. So, you know, gi- give us your give us your uh, your take here and what's going on with this with this pick. I think it's pretty ridiculous to say that a rookie is going to blow someone who went 22 and eight as a starter uh, for this franchise out of the water in minicamp. That would never happen. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is a fine, perfectly fine quarterback, but it comes down to <coughs> reliability uh, and they, he is simply not reliable. He's not – they can't count on him. He's missed as many games as he started. I think he is the mold for Kyle Shanahan. He's gone to two of the last four Super Bowls, uh, and his quarterbacks were Jimmy Garoppolo and Matt Ryan. He had a ton of success with Kirk Cousins. Uh, Garoppolo is a lot more mobile than he's given credit for, and so is the quarterback that we are selecting and with the third overall pick in the 2021 NFL mock draft, 
the 49ers select Mac Jones, quarterback, Alabama. Company man right there. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I knew it was coming and it still surprises me a little bit. Um, yeah. I, I, do, I do have a question for you, Term. Um, so something that you said actually is kind of struck a chord. He's had a lot of success with guys like Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins. Um, and Jimmy Garoppolo, like very similar-ish type of molds. And it reminds me of what I read a lot about the Eagles when we drafted Miles Sanders, how Doug Peterson was always a running back by committee coach. Um, but then the argument that was always against that was the fact that he never had someone like Miles Sanders. So the fact that he's had success with guys like Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, Jimmy Garoppolo, does that mean that's what he's looking for or that's just what he's had? Would he prefer someone with the, you know, the extra um, ability in terms of the rushing game like Justin Fields? Or do you think that he just prefers the Kirk Cousins type of mold? Well, I mean, I can't get inside of his head. Uh, I don't I don't have access there. I, I just know that what he's had, he's he's been pretty good with. Right. Uh, he's one of the best play callers uh, in the game. I mean, he's one of the best offensive minds in the game. His running game is second to none. Uh, it could be that that's just what he's had. Uh, that could be true. Uh, I don't think that to be the case. Um, and listen, I'm not just picking Mac Jones here because he's a similar mold to what Shanahan has had. Right. I think Mac Jones is damn good. He had a more productive season last year than Tua did in his single season with yep. less talent around him in the same offense for the same team. Okay. When you watch this kid, there are three things I like to look for in quarterbacks, poise, presence, and command. This kid is poised. He's got the ball on a string. He is so accurate. Like he leads receivers perfectly. He hits the second window. He does everything on the field that a field general should. And like I said, he he's more mobile than he's given credit for. He actually ran more RPOs last year at Alabama than Trevor Lawrence did at Clemson. This kid can play football. If I were picking here, if I were the general manager of the 49ers, I would pick Mac Jones, so that's what I'm doing. I just really wanted to hear your Mac Jones argument. I know yeah, you're a big awesome. fan. Um, that was great. So, uh, yeah, but uh, moving forward, um, next up we have... On the clock at number four, we have the Atlanta Falcons, and FF Terminator is back on the clock. Wow, two in a row. Interesting, two in a row. But this is absolutely where it gets interesting. I mean, you know, uh, there's so many ways they can go. Uh, You know, Atlanta has a lot of needs. One of their needs right now is not quarterback. You know, they're probably closer to an eight and eight team than they are to a cellar dweller next year, or eight and nine now, or whatever nine and eight. Can't say eight and eight anymore. Um, you know, lucky Jeff Fisher can't, can't go eight and eight. Um, but, um, but you know, Atlanta probably won't be picking where they can get a quarterback next year. So the argument for that is to, to, to take Justin Fields or Trey Lance while they still can. Uh, but at the same time, there's, there's a huge offensive weapon right in front of them, whether it be a tackle in Sewell or, or Slater, they also have two unbelievable offensive weapons in Pitts or Jamar chase. There's just so many different ways they can go. I think if I were running the team here, I would trade back. I would I would look for who wants Justin Fields and extort them. If they're not gonna, you know, do that, I'd probably draft the quarterback just because of of value. But you know, at the end of the day, um, this is a really really interesting pick, and I'm glad Terms doing it. What do you guys think they could do here, or what would you guys do here? 
I think trading right back is. You. you go ahead. What was that? Connor? I'm right there with you, Jax. Um, I would definitely be trading back if I was in charge of the Falcons. But with Mac Jones going off the board at three, Justin Fields is a really, really good prospect. And exactly. those those guys only come across your across your draft selection availability once every ten years. Not even then. Exactly. So I might yeah, be just hard take to, it. it It'd be hard to pass on Fields. I mean, you know, here he is. He's sort of fallen in your lap. And, you know, if you all feel the same way I feel about him, it'd be it'd be really tough to give him up. And, again, I'm, I'm basically taking Fields or trading the pick for, you know, sort of almost I, – I, I even said it like almost equivalent to what the 101 would sell for. And if not, I'll just take his ass, you know. So what do you think about that, uh, uh, Michael? I'm actually – I'm curious to hear what Brad uh, has to say about this if – would Penny Sewell take their offensive line to a place where they could get maybe one more Super Bowl run out of Matt Ryan? Because it seems like that's what they want to do. They want to make one more run with Matt Ryan. If if the if the goal is to make one more run, you're you're calling Chicago and you're calling Washington and you're getting as many picks as you can in this draft. Um, I don't think the play here is Sewell. Um, I think they got a they just lost. Um, they just lost their center, Alex Mack, to San Francisco, and that's a big hole. Um, and you can get a guy like that in the 19, 20, early second-round range. Um, but the way that I'm looking at this right now, I'm, I'm looking at one of those juicy quarterbacks that just fell to me, and I'm looking at a possible out as a post-6-1 release designation in 2022. And um, I'm taking a, a I'm taking a dead cap hit that's just about equal to the 2022 dead cap savings. And um, with the with the increase in salary cap in those couple of years coming up, I'm just eating it. And I'm taking yeah. the quarterback and I'm I'm taking his rookie contract. Yeah, it's um, not a crazy thing. It's just to the do, way it is. Yeah, that's pretty pretty smart term. Take us home. What what are you doing? You're the GM of the Atlanta Falcons. You got to make a choice, brother. Okay, so uh, we're not trading. I would opt. Uh, 100% trade this pick. Okay. Uh, if I could, I would, I would trade it uh, since I can't. Right. And I have extended Matt Ryan and his cap hit is such that it's just, it's really not feasible to cut or trade him. Uh, you've made your bed. He's look, he's 35 years old. He's not like he one foot in the grave here. Uh, you're obviously going to be trying to make one more run. Uh, it really wouldn't surprise me if uh, Julio Jones were a post-June trade uh, because of his big number. I don't – I'm leaning towards it not, but it wouldn't surprise me. With that being said, I got to take the best player on the board here if I'm set at quarterback, and that's Kyle Pitts. So with the fourth selection in the 2021 NFL mock draft, the Atlanta Falcons select – Kyle Pitts, tight end, Florida. There we go. Great pick. And before, Michael, before you go, I think that probably would set up for a very nice trade with uh, Detroit. Detroit moving up to pick four, taking fields, and then, you know, Atlanta only moving back past, uh, you know, the Bengals and Dolphins to pick seven, where I think they can still get, you know, probably one of the two uh, weapons, whether it be Chase or Pitts. But in any event, uh, go ahead, Michael. Well, next up on the clock, we have 
the Cincinnati Bengals drafting fifth overall, and Brad will be making this selection. Wow. I mean, uh, Brad couldn't, couldn't ask for a better spot for Brad because it's basically that, that dichotomy of offensive line versus, um, versus a uh, weapon. You know, everybody wants him to pick Jamar chase because, you know, he played with, with burrow and, you know, obviously there's got, got to be a connection there. He's obviously a dope player, but um, you know, I, I've got my opinion. I, w- I would absolutely be going offensive line here. I might even double down on offensive line and take an offensive lineman with this pick and their, uh, early second round pick. I mean, if they have a great offensive line, they have weapons, T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, other sort of tertiary uh, receivers, whether it be Auden Tate or whomever, uh, they can also pick a receiver later in this draft where they have good draft cap. Um, they're, they're fine there. Pitts off the board. I mean, Pitts might've made some sense because they're shallow at tight end. But uh, in that case, I would be, I would be smashing Penn Sewell. But Brad, w- uh, what do you think here, buddy? You're exactly right. Um, the one thing that Tommy put out today was the thing that I've been thinking just about this entire time. And it's, and it's especially more truer now with uh, with it coming out that Terrace Marshall has had some injury concerns. Um, why not take Sewell here and draft his other good buddy, Terrace Marshall, in the top of the second? Um, just like they did with T. Higgins last year, you get a good receiver at the top of the second um, you land a good player in top five and, and you're off and running. Um, yeah. You got to give, you got to give Burrow the protection. So he doesn't get another scar. Um, I have a few myself <laughs> and they're not fun. So I don't think you want to keep them on the shelf any longer. Uh, that's just my opinion. I'm obviously very biased, but I'm going Penny Sewell offensive tackle number five to the Cincinnati Bengals. There we go. Um, I think for a lot of people that that was probably the easiest pick since Trevor Lawrence, in all honesty. Um, It's very clear what they need, and uh, they got it here. Um, But uh, next up will be the Miami Dolphins. Selecting sixth overall, and back on the clock is Brad once again. So what are we thinking, Brad? Um, just like with the Falcons here at number four, um, if, if this has fallen the way it has, I'm, I'm calling just about every team that needs a quarterback right now and, and, and get him on the phone above the lions and above Denver. Um, you, you just can't have one of them fall to them and, and, and make your, make your life just a little bit tougher. Um, the way that, uh, that the draft originally was when they were at three, there was a lot of people who, wanted them to take Sewell at number three. And I, the way their line is set up right now, they just drafted three guys last year that they really like. Um, Andrew Tom, Austin Jackson, Solomon Kinley, and Robert Hunt. Now they took those guys with the idea that, that this year was going to be their year. Uh, last year obviously was, was way better than they had expected. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. But um, Eric flowers is under contract. He's got actually got a pr- pretty big contract this year. Um, they just signed Matt Sakura from Baltimore. So so their line is, is pretty much stacked right now. I think Matt Sakura had a down, line, down year last year coming off his injury. Um, this is his second year back from his knee injury, and he should have a pretty big bounce back. Um, I'm getting a weapon for Tua. Um, and it has been rumored that the first wide receiver off the board could be Jalen Waddell. Um, he's been rumored he's, – he's one of the better teammates in this draft. 
Um, he's definitely a speedster. He's not just a vertical threat. He can do it all over the field, um, but he's a playmaker. So I'm, I'm, I'm pairing up just like a lot of people want Joe Burrow to get paired up with his buddy, Jamar Chase. I'm going to pair up Tua Tagovailoa with his buddy, Jalen Waddle. Well, before wow. we do that officially, I think Kyle might have had something to say, and he might have a differing opinion, actually. So I'm curious. Yeah, to I'm going to say says. something, then I'll open up to the floor after I say it because it's a little weird. They just drafted Tua, and Tua played well. But with Justin Fields available, do you really want to pass on that kind of quarterback prospect? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, Tua now being available, I mean, uh, Fields now being available, but God, what what a mess that would be. But I think you could trade Tua for, for, for you know, still a, a good value in, in the league. I mean, there's teams that are still hungry for a quarterback. I mean, uh, Sam Darnold, who was kind of dead in the water, just fetched a second, a fourth, and a sixth. Not that that's a lot, but uh, certainly Tua would net you a first back. So, um, you know, it's kind of the Kyler Murray, Josh Rosen corollary where a lot of people were saying, oh, no, you're set at quarterback. I mean, if you're not sure you're set, you're not set. You know, so, I mean, I don't think it's crazy. I don't think it's crazy to have that competition and and to see that. I mean, how often are you at the in the top top five or six in the draft? Again, as you point out earlier, how often are you getting an opportunity uh, for a player like Justin Fields? Man, I, I think these these quarterbacks should be flying off the board and and really should go like with the first five picks because you know they're just that valuable in in, in real football. Um, Term, I'm not sure what you think of that. Uh, if you're asking me the perspective of the Dolphins, you had your analytic team analyze this uh, the pick that you had, uh, knowing that the Texans were going to have a top five pick, and get and gauge Tua versus this year's class. Uh, obviously, they traded back, so they have no interest in quarterback. Obviously, true. They they told you that. Um, they told you that when they traded back. It's unfair to cast Tua away. Now, I was one of the few people who had Justin Herbert ahead of Tua last year. Uh, Bragger. It, it's un yeah. <laughs> it's it's unfair to throw him away after a truncated offseason in which he didn't get on the field. Uh, it was a vir- the first virtual offseason in NFL history. He was recovering from a catastrophic hip injury. Uh, and he's a rookie, so he played like a rookie at times. I disagreed vehemently with snatching him on and off the field. Once they made the move to Tua last year, they should have left him on the field, for better or for worse. So I disagreed with that. But as, as far as thinking about a quarterback here, not even entering my lexicon. Like, it's not even it's not even on my radar. I don't I don't care who's there. We've drafted Tua, and he has not given you a reason to doubt that pick yet. Well, uh, Brad did not doubt the pick, and he is taking Jalen Waddell. Um, So that is going to move us forward to the seventh overall pick, which is the Detroit Lions. And making this selection, we are moving back to FF Terminator. Yeah, um, this is tough, right? This this team is in a complete and total rebuild. This team is seems like it's perpetually rebuilding, like it's it's always in a rebuild. <laughs> um, 
we talked about this this kid's leadership uh earlier uh we we've talked about how great he this kyle is is always talking about how great this guy is um i know they just traded for a quarterback but that was more of a half two to get this deal done for matt stafford than it was you know jared golf quarterback one he shouldn't be on the board i love i'm like i'm like you jacks he shouldn't still be here uh so with the seventh pick in the 2021 nfl mock draft the detroit lions are selecting the new face of their franchise Justin Fields, quarterback, Ohio State. Oh, 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 he makes it sound so good. That's a professional right there. That's a professional host, man. I'm excited for Detroit all of a sudden. They got nothing going on. All of a sudden, I'm excited they got Justin Fields. Holy smokes. Uh, that, that That is something, man. I, I think that may even be that trade where they, they move from, you know, if it happens the way that we just sort of laid it out, where they just trade with Atlanta and try and get there. I think Yeah, just go get him. Go get them. I mean, this is what they need. Um, they need some life. I mean, here's the good news is if for whatever reason Justin Fields isn't ready, you can actually roll the the exactly. carcass of Jared Goff out there behind your shitty offensive line and and just let it all happen. Take your time. I mean, Patrick Mahomes sat a full year. He played one game at the end of his first season behind Alex Smith. So it wasn't like they were torching it. I mean, you can definitely choose to take your time here. Dan Campbell has a six-year contract. I don't think he's under any pressure to win this year. Uh, This would be a a really good match. It would be very interesting in Dynasty what we would do with uh, the 1.02 because it's not exactly a great landing spot for him, but I, and he might not play right away. So there's some negatives there for Fields. But uh, what a, what a get for Detroit, eh? I, I gotta say, uh, you mentioned that that year. Alex Smith played really, really good that year that he played in front of Patrick Mahomes. I think he topped four thousand yards, and he only threw like four or five picks all year. Uh, he played really well that year. He did. He, I don't he, see Jared. I don't see Jared Goff playing near that well. <laughs> That's and correct. To go back to Kyle's point earlier, Justin Fields could step in and supplant Jared Goff immediately. Yes, I, I agree I with that. Like. I agree with that. Yep. All right. Well, uh, that brings us to our next pick uh, at number eight overall. Will be the Carolina Panthers. Who's making the pick? I will be making the pick. <laughs> I think it's my first one. Yeah. Oh, baby. Um, I'm actually really curious what you guys think, because I think um, there's a couple guys on the board that make a lot of sense for me personally, and I think I know which way I'm leaning. Um, but I'm curious because I think they could go a lot of different directions, and I think there's arguments being made for a lot of different directions. Well, here's the thing. If they don't take Trey Lance, you got to think that Denver's taking Trey Lance behind you. Yep. So that that does also leverage this pick for Carolina to either take Trey Lance or trade it to the highest bidder, you know, to New England or Washington or Denver or, one, or even Denver. Yeah, you saw Chicago old. do it with Mitch uh, with uh, Mitch Trubisky. They trade up yep. one slot because. They well, were fr- they were afraid on, that but, they were afraid that Deshaun Watson and Mahomes were going to also get. Oh, never mind. Sorry, <laughs> don't mean don't mean to roast Chicago fans. Sorry about that. I, I know which direction I would go here. What, what, what would you do? There? So, uh, and not to say that this is the number two wide receiver uh, on my board or anything, but uh, they have the big guys, right? They have DJ Moore already. Um, I think they had, you know, they have McCaffrey. They just traded for Sam Darnold. 
Um, if you believe in Sam Darnold, and listen, Sam Darnold's still only what twenty two years old. He's twenty two years old, right? Twenty three. He's been ha- you know held yeah yeah held down by Adam Gase, the most unimaginative offense you could you could think of. Go give your guy a new weapon. Give him somebody who could take the top off of a defense. Uh, Joe Brady, a new weapon. Uh, I mean, yeah, I probably take Devonta Smith here. Woo. Well, I mean, Jamar Chase, you, wow. Okay. I mean, I've, I'd obviously be thinking Jamar Chase. I mean, imagine having DJ Moore and better DJ Moore on either side of one another. <laughs> I mean, that would be unbelievable. Yeah. Not to mention Robbie Anderson. Yeah, exactly. Um, That'd be sickness. Imagine uh, DJ man- Moore. Imagine putting DJ Moore in your slot. Yep. Yeah. And running and running <laughs> and running Smith and Anderson. You know, deep break nine routes and and digs and posts. Jesus, I honestly yeah. just can't believe that Terminator name dropped Joe Brady and then didn't say he wanted the guy that Joe Brady made into a superstar. At LSU. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, God, this is a tough pick, brother. I mean, you've got Trey Lance, Jamar Chase. I mean, you got a lot of a lot of different ways to go. Uh, I. Brad, do they need offensive line? I think they do need some. Like they need a tackle, like like they need air, don't they? Yeah, they need a tackle, like I need water. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they they have Russell Okun was part of that Trey Turner trade last year. Both of those guys are free agents. Uh, they have a hole on at the left tackle spot. Rashawn Slater is yeah. a guy that has for for a lot of people. Um, for a, a decent amount of teams, apparently, is is ranked above Penny Sewell. Um, I think part of that is due to versatility, um, but I think part of that is um, maybe pro readiness. There's a few um, tiny holes in, in Sewell's game that, that can be easily corrected. I put out a little thread on it a couple days ago, but um, but uh, yeah, for me, it'd be it'd be Rashawn Slater. Um, here and in and so Darnold does not see any more of those uh purported ghosts. Very interesting. In Very interesting. This is a great spot for Michael to be in. Michael, process this one out, make a pick, and let's see what happens. I love it. Well, so something you guys didn't bring up, which actually kind of surprised me, is that at the two top cornerbacks are still on the board, and Carolina's defense was pretty dreadful last year. They did spend an entire draft on yeah. defense last year. Um, yeah. You're right. Which is interesting. Um, but I think when it really comes down to it, uh, yes, they traded for Sam Darnold, and that's cool. And I'm actually a fan of Sam Darnold, but I, 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 I Trey Lance is on the board, and I think they're going to take him. Well, they are going to take him with the... Uh, Eighth overall pick, I'm going to take Trey Lance. Um, ideally, I'm trading back. I'm giving it to someone else, and they're paying me way too much money for it, but I'm taking Trey Lance as the Carolina Panthers. So B- Balls. I love it, dude. You know, given, uh, given Joe Brady and uh, Matt Rule, they're uh, their quarterback for their regime. So uh, that brings us to the ninth overall pick, which is the Denver Broncos, and making the pick... Will be Kyle on the clock. Kyle, what do you got, buddy? So George Patton and the Broncos front office just had their hearts broken right in front of them. Absolutely. We strung that out and then picked Lance. Oh, I enjoyed every second of it. Absolutely. I mean, (laughs) this is so much what they would be just like. So Denver right now, this would be terrible. 
And then after that, they're going to look at this board and they're going to see Jamar Chase, who's head and shoulders above the rest of these guys, in my opinion. But they just drafted Jerry Judy. They already have Cortland Sutton. They also just and drafted KJ, KJ Hamler. Hamler. They, yeah. all, they already have Tim Patrick, who showed up big for them last year. Noah Fant, like Albert O. Like weapons there. are there. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So you can't really draft Chase. Obviously, you'd want to trade back if you don't if you can't get a quarterback here. Um corner could be the pick. They're not too terribly good there. But on the offensive line, they've been decent, but right tackle has been a huge hole for them. They signed Jawan James in 2019. Um, he's getting paid like $14 million, but he's only played 65 snaps since they signed him. So they're probably not very happy with that signing. So they're going to go out and pick their next right tackle, which will be Rashawn Slater from Northwestern. It's a good there pick. I mean, I he can play all over the line too, right, Brad? Correct. And that's what I mentioned about versatility for him, possibly going ahead of Sewell. Because uh, he, he can play all over. Um, but I was just looking at this. Um, I was just, I literally just pulled up Juwan James' contract uh, to see when that potential out was. And it's, it is uh, not this year, but next offseason they can get out. Uh, just like you mentioned, that right tackle spot last year was a swinging, door, swinging gate for them. So um, all around, the rest of the line stepped up. Cushionberry should have a, have a good sophomore year. Um, I really like this later pick here. Yeah. All righty. So Slater has been picked and uh, that leads us to a string of NFC East teams. Um, next up with the 10th overall pick. We have the Dallas Cowboys and making that pick and actually the next three picks is me. Um, wow. Yeah. Just choosing the NFC East. Just. Just gonna what you're gonna just pick like the most dog shit players for the <sighs> next two picks like just totally tank them, but there's Jamar Chase staring heard Jerry Jones in the face on the board. Yeah, exactly. I heard there's a great kicker. No, um, in reality, I I did I, I joked with someone recently, a Cowboys fan I was on a live stream with, um, about the possibility of them taking Jamar Chase, and they looked at me like I was insane, and I had to remind them, you know, CD Lamb, like they did it last year. Um, but I don't think they can do it again. I really don't. Um, I think I know what direction I'd go and it's probably cornerback, um, because their defense was one of the worst in the league last year. Um, but I'm curious if you guys have any, uh, differing opinions. No, I mean, this is, this is, I mean, I love JC Horn. I probably have him as my cornerback one. I mean, I'm not like some sort of cornerback fucking expert or whatever but dude just always looked so awesome and and then he tested through the roof and he's got that sort of alpha mentality uh sertan would be fine uh jc is a, a player i really love though so uh, i think with those two on the board you, you got to really look defense and i think you're right on the money there but uh it's going to be your choice brother i don't know if anybody else uh, agrees with the cornerback pick i absolutely agree with corner it should definitely be corner the question is just which one of these top three guys do you want between Horn, Sertan, and Farley. Yeah, um, you know, honestly, uh, I think I think it's tough, but um, because I think J.C. Horn in an ideal world is definitely the the prototypical uh, athlete. 
Um, and obviously we've seen Dallas take the Byron Jones, the, the insanely athletic um, prospect at the cornerback position. Um, but I think they're just going to make it simple and they're going to take Patrick Sertain. I think he, you know, he went into the draft. He was the top cornerback. I think we know the most about him. He's coming from a program like Alabama. And I think that that holds a lot of weight. So with the 10th overall pick, the Cowboys are going to be drafting Patrick Sertain. And that brings me to my next pick, which is the New York Giants at number 11. Um, so there's some guys on the board that I did not expect to be here, but I'm curious. Um, cornerback is on the top of my mind again, but Jamar Chase is still sitting on the board. Yeah, I mean, when a lot of teams had them linked to, you know, uh, either Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle, yep. and I didn't necessarily love any of that. I don't really think their team need is wide receiver. You know, they have Kenny Colliday, they have yep. uh, Sterling Shepard, they have Engram, they have Slayton. Like, that's a pretty good uh, weaponry. Like, I don't see any yep. reason to to need to go with uh, wide receiver. And and when you when you look at it, it's like they definitely need offensive tackle. So, I mean, for me, it would be offensive line to protect the the fumbling and, you know, and and the, the – I mean, let's face it, Daniel Jones is good at throwing the ball downfield. You get a downfield weapon, maybe give him an extra half a second to throw it downfield. Slayton's a downfield player, and, you know, I, I you know – I don't know about this team if if, if they're going to be uh, smart, but I would definitely, uh, you know, with Jamar Chase, he's really tough to pass up. Obviously, with the curveball of Waddle going earlier, I would easily pass on Waddle here, but passing yeah. on Jamar Chase would be a lot more difficult. So in this scenario, I might take Jamar Chase, but under normal circumstances, if it was just Waddle or Smith, I'm going with like Darashaw or one of the other uh, – what is the other guy, Tevin uh, – Tevin Jenkins or something like that. But I think Darasaw is the better player, I guess, you know, but I I would be looking offensive tackle. And I I like, you'll never go broke taking a profit. That's right. Yeah. They may be, they may have pretty good wide receivers, but uh, let's give Daniel Jones one more weapon here and take the best player still on the board. Brad, tell me about uh, Christian Darasaw. Does he fit? the Giants needs at the offensive line? So I I think their need is more on the interior than it is on the, on the, on the tackle. Um, they obviously just took Andrew Thomas last year. He stepped up late. Nate Solder opted out last year. He's coming back. Um, Cameron Fleming is, he can play. Um, and Matt Pert uh, played decent in play. time at last year. Um, they did lose Kevin Zeitler. Um at their right guard spot and he was a big he was a big guy in on the interior um he he was their anchor last year for for the entire year basically um so i I don't think they're going line here um if i'm gettleman i'm wetting my pants that jamar chase has fallen this far and probably smashing the button on someone else because i'm i'm picking up my mess but uh, but yeah, I'm in, I'm thinking about Micah Parsons um, pairing him with Blake Martinez, and, and and bolster my defense a little bit. Obviously, everyone else is trying to catch up to the to the to Cowboys on offense. So why not why not go against the grain a little bit here? Go defense, protect yourself while you're wetting your pants. So Brad, that actually was exactly where my mind was with this pick. Um, 
even before we started this, Michael Parsons was a guy that I could see. And I know we're supposed to be doing, and we are doing, you, you know. You should do what you should do in this yes. spot. So um, stop messing it up and take who you take. I want. I don't want to hear any more excuses putting it on someone else. The listeners I'm not are putting too it on smart anyone for else. that. I'm you not putting tell on me who you take. Oh, they might take this guy. That's what I. Thought I would have taken do. Jamar Chase at like the third overall pick. That's all. Then, I'm then saying. take him right now. If you're the you're the GM of the Giants, brother. This is, I'm not going to let this slide. We got a number of picks left. Who are you taking? We're taking Jamar Chase at the 11th there overall pick. And here I am as the GM of the Philadelphia Eagles with the 12th overall pick. And I want to go That's home. Why. That's, That's why, why he was going to take Micah Parsons. I want to go home. Yes. He no, was it was always Jamar Chase. It was always Jamar Chase. I knew it. was always Jamar Chase. Go ahead and pick for your lowly Eagles. You're not getting Jamar Chase at number 12 with your Eagles. No, this pick is actually really, really easy for me. Um, I'm thinking J.C. Horn. The Eagles have not drafted a cornerback in the first round since Lito Shepard, which best cornerback in the draft. And it may lead some to believe that they won't. But there's a crazy. I just I can't see them picking another wide receiver in the first round. I, I cannot. Um, and honestly, I'm not sure Devonta Smith is really what the Eagles offense needs. Um, so uh, un- unless anyone has any large differing opinions that they'd like to talk about, I am going to make it simple and I'm going to take J.C. Horn for the Philadelphia Eagles at the 12th overall pick. They're your well, I'd Eagles. Like to say, I'd like to say Chalk it up. I love here. it. Yes, go ahead. First of all. First of all, I would have also taken Jamar Chase in the top five of the draft. 11 is stupid. I don't care what wide receivers you have. I'm taking him there. But, but Dave um, Gettleman for won't. The Eagles, I want to be very clear. Dave Gettleman <laughs> will not take Jamar Chase if he's on the board at 11. With the Eagles, what I read is that they've talked to Terrace Marshall an absolute ton before mm. this draft. Yes. What do you think about that? We're not taking him at 12. Well, okay. Okay. Well, we obviously, take him at he would have been more in the he would have been we more shouldn't. in the conversation at twelve prior to the medical combine where he apparently has injury issues. So, what do you think about the Eagles taking er, taking Marshall in the second round now? I love it, and I think that's the main reason that I go J.C. Horn here. I have a massive drop off after the top two cornerbacks, and maybe Caleb Farley um, pending his uh, overall health issues. Um, but I think there's a lot of solid wide receiver options that are going to be available at the top of the second round, whether that be Rashad Bateman, Terrace Marshall, um, Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore, like, like one of them is most likely going to make it to the second round. Um, so and even I, if not, you get guys like Diamond Brown, etc. So yeah, there's exactly. definitely depth at that position. So you'll be able to get somebody that you like, uh, there, but you know, there's not going to be a JC Horn available. Exactly. And I have very little doubt that the Eagles will make the correct wide receiver pick in the second round. We've never screwed it up before, and I don't really have any reason to doubt our front office. So, uh, yeah, I took I took JC Horn uh, and we're going to move on and get out of the NFC East for a while. Um, but that does bring us to the 13th overall pick, which is the Los Angeles Chargers. So, making that pick is going to be, who is it? It's Jax. Yeah, go ahead, Term. You got something to say, brother? No, go ahead. Oh, okay, cool. Well, I, mean, I got for something me, to say. Oh, sorry. I, I didn't know. Go I, I have a question. I have a question I have to pose to you guys. If the Giants sure. somehow get Jamar Chase at 11, 
And they have Jamar Chase, Kenny Galladay, Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton. Is this like the year for Daniel Jones? If he screws up this year, is it just over with him? Oh, yes. If he screws up, it's 100% over. (laughs) Yeah, that's got to be one of the the best offenses in the league. They'd have to be a top 10 offense at that point. So the only thing that could hold that offense back uh, in this this hypothetical – would be Jason Garrett, right? Yeah, um, right. The, so they used motion uh, the the least amount of any team in the NFL last year. They were the most unimaginative offense. Uh, they didn't score a lot of points. Obviously, Saquon Barkley went down early. There's a whole thing about the splits between when Barkley and Jones both start, you know, the game begin and finish the game together. And J- Daniel Jones is a much better quarterback. Um, yes, this is this is the year for Jones, um, and I think he's going to answer the bell. Uh, if you look at the metrics, everything from his uh, freshman season to his sophomore campaign, all the advanced analytics stayed the same or got better, even though everything around him was falling apart. Uh, both his tackles opted out. He had a you know second uh, offensive system in as many years. Uh, his, his star player got hurt right to start with. Uh, he had nobody that could get open, nobody that could catch the ball when they did. Uh, they would have made the playoffs if Evan Ingram could just make one catch, uh, it, despite the, the, how bad they were on offense. So uh, this this is a team that could win this division. Uh, I guess you could say that about any of the teams in this division except the Eagles. Um, but I, I really like Daniel Jones this year. Fair enough. To, to answer your question – Succinctly, yes, this is the year for him. <laughs> well, and I'll tell you right now, I think Jamar Chase has certainly gone by pick 11. Uh, there is some talk, and there is a sort of a little bit of a live betting market that Jalen Waddle will be the first um, wide receiver off the board. I just would be shocked. But, hey, stranger things have happened. At the end of the day, though, uh, I, when Jamar Chase is off the board before 11, I think the pick for the Giants at 11 is the pick that I'm going to make at 13. For the Chargers, which would be Kristen Darrisaw, they need offensive line help. And I think an offensive line, an offensive tackle is going to help Daniel Jones succeed more than uh, another redundant weapon, even though that weapon is dope. Um, I think they need uh, time to throw more than they need, you know, another weapon to hit. But, um, th- you know, that's just my opinion. But at the end of the day, uh, I think the same is true here with you'll, – you'll sense a theme with me. It's always offensive tackles all the time. I mean, in this draft, you you absolutely need to have protection. Justin Herbert, you know, obviously loves to throw the ball down the field. He stands in there with no fear and delivers the ball even under pressure. Uh, imagine if he had just a little bit more time. Uh, th- this pick is very simple for me. It's it's absolutely offensive tackle, Virginia Tech, Kristen, Christian Darasaw. Nice pick. Yep, so Christian Darisol is off the board at pick number 13, and that brings us to pick number 14 overall, which is the Minnesota Vikings. And Brad, you will be making their selection. And the Vikings just got their heart broken because they need <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. That is correct. Do they go in another, another offensive line situation here? I mean, do they, do they look at – Tevin Jenkins, or do they maybe look um, at the the interior offensive line? They need interior offensive linemen too. Elijah yeah. Vera Tucker, maybe is that the pick here, Brad? What do you think here, brother? So they took Ezra Cleveland last year. They bumped him inside over the year as the year went on um, to replace Drew Samia, who was absolutely shitting the bed, um, so to speak. 
Um, he's he's a very good run blocker, but he's just not nothing in the pass protection. Um, so Ezra Cleveland, he was drafted as a as a as a tackle. They could certainly bump him out um, and pick up Vera Tucker. But the way that I think I'm going to go here is is um, I'm gonna I'm gonna rip some other hearts out. Is because um, I really like Tevin Jenkins as a prospect as well. Um, he's he's in the top three ahead of Darisaw for for at least one of my other good um, offensive line. Uh, people that I bounce ideas off of from time to time um, he, on Twitter, he goes by DTH underscore Mason. Uh, I believe he's in his top three. Adaris saw is at number four for him. So to feed off of him for a little bit, that's where I would go is Tevin Jenkins. Um, obviously PFN does not like Tevin Jenkins very much, but um, I mean, what else would there be to, to do for, for, uh, for them to, to get here? I don't know what else, is even that big of a hole for them? Is there anything else that you guys see? No, I'm with you 100%. I think that offensive line is what they should be targeting here. I mean, um, I suppose they could also look for Caleb Farley at corner. Uh, they, they they don't exactly have great corner play. Jalen Phillips, maybe the, the edge player. But, I, again, I, I, I still think you need to protect Kirk Cousins yeah. and give him time to hit his weapons. Um, you know, maybe even a, a weapon. I mean, with Thielen getting a little old, I mean, maybe they look at Devontae Smith here, um, you know, which is certainly a possibility. But what the hell was that? That was crazy. But um, I, I think I would still look to that offensive line. If it's Ted Jenkins or Elijah Vera Tucker, one of those two players would be the pick for me. But, uh, Brad, let, let us hear it. So they took Jeff Gladney last year. So Yeah. I- uh, and they could use an edge rusher, but they really need to address their offensive line. Good point there. Real quick, before yeah. we get to the pick, Kyle, 20 seconds. What are you thinking? I'd like to add that when we're having this like tackle versus guard debate for Minnesota, they lost uh, their tackle, Riley Reef in the offseason to the Bengals. And like Brad said, they moved Cleveland inside. So it definitely has to be tackle over guard for me especially considering I don't have a guard in this class who even approaches the top 20 prospects overall. There it is. So, Brad, final pick. It was Tevin Jenkins. Offensive tackle, Oklahoma State. All right. So that brings us to 15 overall, which is the New England Patriots, and we all know who's making that picks. It is our very own (laughs) Jax Falcone, local Patriots fan. So, oh, God, great. Mini Tom Brady. Get out of my face. <laughs> what are you thinking, Jax? Hey, you hold over me, you guys, with Nick Foles. I mean, think about the quarterbacks that have held over Tom Brady, Joe Flacco, Eli Manning, uh, Nick Foles. I mean, it's really embarrassing. And then he just – he torches Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, and, like, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, you know, Peyton Manning. But, no, give him Nick Foles or Eli Manning, he's in trouble. Nick um, Foles haunts his dreams. Like, he, <laughs> he, he still takes that one personally to a level that I – truly don't understand uh, he takes crazy. everything personally that's well, that's how he's, yeah that's how he's got that so, so the, the, the patriots ahead. have a huge need here and there's a guy sitting on the board that probably shouldn't be sitting on the board he's right in bill belichick's wheelhouse well i think i think i know who you're saying maybe because it's definitely who i'm going to pick but um uh anybody else get in before before i go because this is this is a fun pick for me I wouldn't be shocked if they took a linebacker uh, or even an edge rusher. Uh, No edge rushers have been picked, so they'd have their pick of the litter. Same with linebackers. Uh, It just wouldn't surprise me, uh, given what the Patriots tend to do. 
to draft uh, one of those positions. But I think at the end of the day, I, I think the pick is pretty easy. I mean, you did sign Nelson Aguilar, but. No, I'm, I'm not going Devontae Smith. I mean, for me, it's it's Micah Parsons. Uh, Bingo. You know, yeah. Micah All right. Parsons just, just screams, uh, you know, and for me, he's that last, you know, elite player in this draft i mean i you know you can start looking at caleb farley and and jalen phillips and there's some other players i mean obviously there's some some skill position players we like and whether it be Najee harris or even Devonte smith but you know for me it's like this is the dante hightower sort of uh lineage uh he can rush the edge so it's a, he's a perfect bill belichick player i mean he can play tight end for crown i mean this kid is so talented um, you know, so for me, it's, it's just such an easy pick. I'm so excited to that, that Micah Parsons is available for them. Uh, obviously if they don't go up and get a, a quarterback, especially like a Justin Fields, which would delight me, uh, then I would be slamming for Michael Parsons. So smash it home, uh, with the 15th overall pick, the new England Patriots select linebacker out of Penn state, Micah Parsons. It is in. The pick is made, and that brings us to our next pick, the 16th overall selection. Kyle, we're coming back to you for the Arizona Cardinals at pick number 16. And I don't know about anyone else, but you know, earlier this week, I read a couple mock drafts that have the Cardinals trading up for a guy at this position where there's someone still sitting on the board that I thought was going to go with the last pick. So I'm curious to see where your head's at. Yeah, so uh, this is hard for me. Because I ranked like every like I ranked the prospects for every team that I have a pick for, and there's two guys still on the board that I had right next to each other in the rankings, and that's Caleb Farley and Devonta Smith. And I actually had Farley ahead of Devonta Smith when I ranked it out, but I honestly didn't think Devonta Smith would be here. So. I'm going to ask stick for a to your time board. To think. Um, well, I, <laughs> I, I'll give my can... two cents. Uh, they don't have Patrick Peterson. And from what I can remember, they have very little talent at the quarterback cornerback position. But Caleb Farley does offer certain red flags that wouldn't shock me to see him fall decently past this point in the draft because he has a pretty uncertain injury history. He reminds me a little bit of Sidney Jones from a few years back, uh, obviously with like a less recent uh, injury, but just a lot of question marks surrounding him. Uh, I think we don't really have a good understanding, especially with the COVID year, how healthy he is right now. And that's the only thing I think that would scare me away from Caleb Farley, because otherwise he might, he might honestly be the most talented cornerback in this draft. So that's my two cents. So for me, I, I don't think they're, they need a wide receiver. Uh, you know, uh, they're going to, they're going to get whatever they can get out of AJ green. And uh, you know, they have, they have plenty of talent there. They have Hopkins and, and uh, Christian Kirk. Isabella. Uh, yeah. For me, it's cornerback here and it's the next best cornerback on my board. And it's Greg Newsom from Northwestern. Uh, this love, kid, love his, that kid. Yeah, his film is tremendous. Um, yeah, friend of friend of my program, unscripted Eric Crocker, uh, loves this kid. Um, and he was a cornerback. So if anybody's going to, he's legit. Know, yeah, he's. It, that's that's the pick for me. It's Greg Newsom. I'm with you, term. Yeah, he's a he's a guy that I've been learning a lot more about recently, and he's been kind of rising up my board in terms of uh, 
you know, of these cornerback prospects, especially with Caleb Farley's injury history. Kyle, which way are you going, Bubba? Yeah, in terms of talent, I still have Farley in a tier above Newsom, but the injury is the big deal here. This is your team, and baby. It's your pick. Because you of the, the injury, because I don't like Newsom, I'm going to have to go with Devonta Smith here. I love it. We'll That's go fun. ahead and set up Kyler Murray for the next eight years, however many years it's going to be. I love this Devonta match. Smith and DeAndre Hopkins. I will say I love it. A, a quick thought on that, because um, I do agree with you, Term. I don't think that wide receiver is necessarily a position of need, but I also, uh, having watched a uh, franchise waste uh, quarterbacks, in you know back-to-back franchise quarterbacks in Donovan McNabb and Carson Wentz, the wide receiver is basically I think it's always something that you can add talent to. A lot like the Pittsburgh Steelers have done really really well, and um, even you know you never know what's going to happen. Yep. And I think being able to add a, a talent as amazing as special as Devonta Smith at the 16th overall pick is hard to pass up on. So they uh, so did I hear that right? The Cardinals drafted Darius Hayward Bay. <laughs> oh. Slice. Oh, <laughs> let, let, let's let's move it along. And Michael, the Raiders go. also hey, got yeah, their heart Oh, actually, <laughs> yeah. Next up is the, uh, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, good lord! Um, at the seventeenth uh, overall pick, and that is Brad. You are on the clock, Brad. So, just like you guys were talking about, um, Greg Newsom is a, is a guy that I'd be looking at right here. Um, a lot of people think that their offensive line has absolutely gone to trash. Um, I am not one of those people. Um, Colton Miller took a, a, a big step forward each of his last two years. Um, they are bringing Richie Incognito back, who's coming off. He's coming off an Achilles injury. Um, it was not. I don't think it was a full torn Achilles, so it's not as bad as, as a normal one like Marlon Max. Um, Colton Miller has talked up their uh, hope. What I'm assuming would be their new center, Andre James, and Denzel Good um, played well when Incognito left. At guard, so um, I don't think they're in, in as bad a spot as as a lot of people make it out to seem. But um, for me, I'm going defense just the way that they've done all off season. Um, like I said, Greg Newsom would be a guy I'm looking at, but I think I'm going to bolster a lot, or the the linebacker spot here. And I'm in JOK is staring me right in the face. Um, I don't know, I don't know what else you guys are thinking, but that's that's I think that's who I'd be leaning here, JOK. Um, Anyone else have any so, other thoughts? So I, well, they they have a clear need at interior, the on the interior of their their defensive line, and uh, if I'm the Raiders and and Christian Barrymore staring me in the face, man, I I think I got to make this this pick here. But I actually disagree with both of you guys because I'm going corner all the way. If I'm the Raiders, sure you just took the shot on Trayvon Mullen and other guys recently. But I don't think those those guys haven't proved a single thing to me when they've been playing. They just haven't been very good at all. And you still have Farley and Newsom on the board. If you think Farley's healthy, it's him. If you don't, it's Newsom. Well, Brad, you're on the clock. Uh, you have selected JOK. Um, unless, I guess, can you take C backsies? Probably no. not. No. Um, you've selected no, JOK. Jeremiah Owusu. Owusu. Koromoa. Dang it. I almost had it. Koromoa. Um, Koromoa, linebacker out of Notre Dame. 
I love the pick, Brad. Um, I think that they need a strong presence on their defense. And I, I, he's a guy that I've, I've really started to like the more that I've learned about. Um, and I can't wait for the Eagles to not pick him because he's a linebacker. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. But, <laughs> moving on, uh, we have uh, on the clock, Brad, you're up again at the 18th overall pick, and we are back with the Miami Dolphins. This is their second pick of the first round, and earlier we had them taking wide receiver Jalen Waddle at the sixth overall pick. Before we get there, I do want to say one thing about Awosu Koromoa, and that's he has the LB next to his name, but that dude played snaps at defensive end, slot corner, even he played like 11 snaps at Notre Dame last year outside at corner. Um, he played some in the safety and then some at line at most at linebacker, but yeah. he's really more like Derwin James or Isaiah Simmons than he is like Nick Martinez or like a pure middle linebacker. Yeah. He's a chess piece, right? Reminds me of uh, Malcolm Jenkins actually in the way that Malcolm Jenkins played very low percentage of his snaps at safety. He was playing in the slot cornerback a lot. He played like a, a quasi linebacker role on the Eagles defense a lot back when he was just a tad younger. So um, that's what that reminded me of. It's that Joker role, right? That, that yeah. you can just line up anywhere and, and uh, he, like uh, Kyle said, he can rush the passer. He can drop back in coverage. He's he, he can play all over the field. Yeah, that, that gives your defense tremendous flexibility depending on how they they line up against you. You know, they can't necessarily, you know, line up tight and spread out and, and, and catch you sleeping because he can move out and, like you say, cover outside. So it's a it's a pretty interesting, uh, you know, chess piece, as I, as I mentioned. But Brad on the clock, what are you going to do with pick 18 with Jalen Waddle and Co. Uh, for the Miami Dolphins? For me, this is where I'm looking defense as well. Um, a lot of talent has slipped. Um, I think they're good at corner. Um, so Greg Newsom is out of my mind here. Uh, they need some pass rush. Obviously, they I don't think they got to the quarterback a ton last year. Um, Aziz Ojolari is, again, another guy that's staring right in the face. Um, <laughs> a lot of people would love for them to go Najee Harris or Travis Etienne, uh, but I am not supplanting Miles Gaskin with this pick. I'm going Aziz Ojolari. We have our first edge first rusher edge off the board. Yeah. yeah. And I think this the really interesting thing I keep hearing about this class is I'm not sure anyone really knows who the top edge rusher is. I don't think anyone really it's, knows who the first guy off the board is going to be. It's very deep at, at the position. They're, they're, you can, you're going to be able to get an edge rusher uh, that could come in and have an immediate impact in like rounds two, three. I mean, it, very deep. Yeah, I think it's very oh. deep, but not necessarily as top heavy as we've seen in, in past years. Like, there's not a Chase Young, there's not a Bosa, right? Um, right. So, it, it, I think that's going to make the middle of the first round, especially, extremely interesting. Um, I'll add that I published my mock draft on the Undroppables.com today, and I also had the Dolphins taking the first wide receiver off the board and the first edge off the board, but I had two different players because I had them take Jamar Chase and actually Quiddy Pay. At 18. Quiddy Pay was a guy I was thinking about. Um, but does anyone have any other thoughts on the uh, Dolphins Jacks possibly before we move uh, before we move forward? No. Perfect. All right. Uh, so with the 19th overall pick on the clock now is the Washington football team. And uh, Jax, you're actually on the clock now for uh, the football team. So yeah, you're indeed. Up. And 
Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, I've I, my, my my fantasy nemesis, Chris Carenby, is a, is a uh, is a Washington Redskins fan, and and I've been I texted him the board, and so I'm going to make that pick for me right now. And uh, as the Washington Redskins from from the district football it, team. Yep, from the sorry, I'm an old guy. I'm so sorry for the football team when they're going to change their name again. It sounds like uh, the Demon but, Cats. Yeah, <laughs> I think they should leave it the football team. I don't know, man. I'm just going to be like the old guy who called it the Brooklyn Dodgers. You know, what I mean, it's like get out of here, old man. Um, but uh, with the 19th overall pick, he wants me to take a certain player. But I'd love to hear what you guys think, real quick. If anybody has anything they want to say about about this before I, I, I snap this pick off. I don't have any strong say, feelings. Yeah, I'll I mean, hop in and say they probably need like offensive tackle or yeah. maybe like a linebacker or a safety. Um, obviously, the top tackles are off the board. At linebacker, you have Zaven Collins from Tulsa, the small school guy. Um, he'd fit right in. He's a really big dude who can actually cover pretty well. And then you have my one of my favorite players in the draft at safety, Trayvon Morig, still available Trayvon. out here. To- Absolutely. Yeah, those yeah, are so all I, those are all great spots. Go ahead, Term. No, I was just gonna say, I, I, you know, their defense was obviously the uh, the cream of the crop of their team. Um, they could bolster the offensive line, but the the top guys are gone, and I'm I'm not a reach guy. Um, I'm just gonna take the the best player, and it kind of coincides with a need. Uh, I, you know, I'm either gonna take Newsom or Mooring here. Yeah, I mean, if it's me here, I'm taking Newsom just because I, I love that player. Um, he's definitely a guy that I really like. Uh, Moore, also a, a great choice, but, you know, got to stay with CMFK. And CMFK says that the that the Washington football team is going to draft offensive tackle from Alabama, Alex Leatherwood. Ooh. Yep, you heard it. On the clock, Chicago Bears. I dig that. Number 20 overall. Uh, Chicago Bears, and making that pick is Kyle. I will say you talked about Newsom for football team, but like they have Kendall Fuller and William Jackson. They're definitely set at corner. Those are two great corners to have. Sure. With the and then, with the, the, the way the uh, the NFL is is going now, uh, this is just a personal opinion. You can't have too many corners, right? They're, they're throwing the football so much. There's so many wide receivers all over the field. You, the, if you can lock you, up that, you need if, you need three, right? You know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I was going to say that anyway. that I basically have the exact same opinion in terms of cornerback and wide receiver. Where if you can get uh, a very good talent there, I think no matter what you have. You just you do it. I mean, look at the Ravens a couple of years ago. They had like what yeah. three or four top cornerbacks in the league, and it's just you know, it's yeah, it's you never take what too you get because right? yeah. <laughs> right. eventually you're going to run out. Um, but Kyle, you're on the board uh, with the 20th overall pick, the Chicago Bears. Please take never the Tony. Well, no, no, <laughs> I'm going right back to that position we were just talking about, which is corner, um, because. Obviously, they drafted Jalen Johnson, but uh, not totally sure about what he's going to be. We're not sure if he's the real, going to be the real CB one. They lost Kyle Fuller to free agency to the Broncos, which is a big loss. Obviously, they brought in Desmond Trufant, but 
is he really the guy you want to trust? And then, I mean, you could look at offensive tackle, but and it's a mess over there at right tackle for them. But they have Jermaine Effetti, who can probably fill in for a year, um, or they can draft somebody at that position in the second round. But with Leatherwood off the board, like you're looking at not a lot of tackles, and obviously you don't want to reach. So I am Tom going to go here. with Caleb Farley. Oh, actually. There it is. Ooh, there it is indeed. Caleb Farley coming off the board, cornerback, Virginia Tech. Um, I do have one question. Uh, Brad, did you see any um, instant upgrades on the offensive line on the board right now, like Elijah Vera Tucker, who I think is still the top uh, offensive guard? I don't think we've drafted like an interior guy yet. Um, is we that something not, that the yeah, Bears need? Yeah, no interior guys have gone yet. Um that is who I would have taken here if I'm if I'm Ryan Pace. I'm jumping for joy that that Vera Tucker made it past Washington and and the other couple teams before me. Um, right now, their right guard spot is basically like an open hole, uh, <laughs> as Kyle mentioned that they they uh, right guard or right they, tackle. They, right guard. What happened to isn't Cody Whitehair their right guard? Cody Whitehair is their center. Sam Mustafi was playing center last year. So Cody Whitehair will probably be their center. Cody Whitehair jumped to left guard because James Daniels got injured. Right now, their right guard is Alex Bars, who, like I said, is basically like an open hole. So Jermaine Effetti, they signed to play right tackle. Um, I would be I would be taking Elijah Ray Tucker and so I'm slotting him right into right guard. That's where I would be going. <laughs> Okay. Who's on the awesome. clock with uh, the the Colts? The twenty oh shoot! So the twenty first overall pick is the uh, the Colts, and I am on the clock with the Indianapolis Colts. Um, so I am currently uh, torn in a couple different directions. Um, I wish that there was a left tackle available with the retirement of uh, Anthony Costenzo. Uh, is that how I say his name? Um, uh, but other than that, I think that they're probably going to go defense. So I'm a little torn between Quiddy Pay, possibly Greg Newsom. Um, I, I think that they can, again, you know, I think having too many cornerbacks is a good problem to have. And then possibly Christian Barmore at defensive tackle. Um, do you guys have any thoughts or opinions on that? Because I think the offense, um, if there was a top offensive tackle on the board, that's probably who I'd want. Um, but. Yeah, I think if you go if you if you go down, you know, you got to look at Samuel Cosme or uh, Eichenberg, the kid from uh, uh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Uh, so yeah, so you got to really kind of look at those two guys. The next couple of tackles on the board, and you know, certainly they're going to start appealing to some of these some of these teams in the, in the late first round, just because there's so much needed offensive tackle. But you know, I guess if they can play, they can play. Maybe it's. I mean, Vera Tucker, didn't he play a little bit of tackle in college or am I, am I dream? Didn't he play left tackle some? Yeah, he's, he's, he's short for left tackle. Um, he's not quite the size that you'd want. Um, that's like the knock on him. That's why he's got that OG designation. Um, I really like Eichenberg. Um, while he's not as fast and as fluid of a mover, like in an open field, as a lot of these other guys, he is an anchor at left tackle. He his his sets are fluid. Um, his his kicks are fluid. Um, he's just as good as Kassan's on the pass, and he is 
he's very powerful in the run game just when he's not in the open field. Like when he's on a guy, he's on him and he's not getting away. Um, so that is where I would lean. Um, but I have, I've done this pick a hundred times in the mocks that I've done and I've gone a couple of different ways. I wouldn't, um, I do think they need a corner. Uh, I think they need defense and maybe Eichenberg falls. Um, maybe they trade back up in the first round. This is one of those teams that's, that's always wheeling and dealing and they can trade yeah. back up and get him. But, uh, but personally, if I'm not trading, um, I would, I would be taking Eichenberg and, and protecting wins. Term Kyle, any thoughts before I make the pick? I don't have any yeah. anything particularly poignant to add here. All right. Um, I have, then I, I have one thing. I have one go thing. For you it. have T.Y. Hilton on a one-year deal. You have Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, who haven't shined, although they've done they've like shown they can be something, but they haven't necessarily shown that they are something. And Rashad Bateman's still here. I love I Rashad did. Bateman. I, th- I thought about Rashad Bateman, but I, I think what it came down to for me was I think that they'll have the ability to add talent at wide receiver later in the draft. Um, and I think mm-hmm. their needs on defense are just a lot bigger. Um, I would love to add Rashad Bateman and give Carson Wentz another awesome target. Um, you know, I want to keep him happy, but I am going to go with Quiddy Pay, uh, edge out of Michigan. Um, I think that they really need that pressure on defense. And I think the fact that uh, he was my number one edge rusher going into the draft. So being able to get him at 21 was awesome for me. So uh, that brings us to pick number 22, which is Kyle for the Tennessee Titans. Let's hear it, Kyle. Yeah. So I could tell you about the Titans needs for weeks, obviously got the shirt on everything. Um, But I'll just jump to the position I'm, I'm on right now, which is wide receiver. Yeah. Um, obviously, AJ Brown is elite. He's a wonderful weapon. Um, they signed Josh Reynolds, and then after that, it's a bunch of nobodies like Khalif Raymond, Nick Westbrook. Ah, I don't want to play any of those guys. And you lost Johnny Smith as your other your receiving tight end. So you need somebody to catch the ball. You need somebody to catch the ball across the middle of the field. Um, and I thought Rashad Bateman would be off the board by now. So it does give me pause. I was ready to just go Elijah Moore straight off the bat. But Rashad Bateman is a terrific prospect, and I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts between the two. Yeah, and, and Term, I have, a, I have a question here because this is very interesting. Like, you know, wide receivers pretty deep. If, you're, if you and I are running the Tennessee Titans right now, Term, and Greg Newsom is staring us in the face and we do need corner, is Greg Newsom a better fit and – you know, player for this team right now than even as good as Rashad Bateman is or even Elijah Moore is at wide receiver for this team? Which way would you be leaning? Because both are team needs and both are, you know, kind of best player available. What do you think about that? So uh, if I'm the GM or, you know, in that room, uh, my first thing would be, all right, what is our identity? What What do we hang our hat on at the end of the day? Uh, Mike Vrabel is going to run the football and play defense. Yep. So we're going to run the football. We're going to play defense. All right. So let's gauge the landscape of the division that we're in. We want to win our division. Uh, in order to do that, who do we got to go through? Well, uh, Indianapolis is is out there. And then you've got Houston and, and the Jaguars. Okay. Houston is, is – yeah. cross them off. They yeah. don't Houston, Houston and the Jaguars should not – 
um, factor in this year. So the ultimate goal is to win the Super Bowl, and and so you, to do that in the AFC, you got to go through, uh, you got to go through Patrick Mahomes, you got to go through uh, Josh Allen, right? The the Bills and the Chiefs. You need defense. You don't have a safety. You don't have a corner. I can get wide receivers. Right. Uh, Listen, Bateman is my number one wide receiver. Like Elijah Moore is my number two. Uh, I'm speaking of fantasy purposes. The fact that these two guys are here is is awesome for that. But we're talking about real football here. And if we're running the football and we're playing defense, then we've got to shore up the back end of our defense. And the fact that Morig is out there and the fact that Newsom is out there, uh, I think one of those guys has to be this pick. Yeah, that's well said, man. That's why you're on the show. And I'm going to press you one step further. you got to decide between Morig and Newsom, which way are you going? This is a, this is a, I love your process right here. Um, what do you think here? I, I've got my my uh, my answer ready to go. I would probably lean Newsom just because uh, again you can get safety talent later on. You and I are in lockstep. You, you processed right through it, and for me, this pick would be absolutely Newsom. Um, and I, I wouldn't blame someone for going the other way because it's close. That's why we just had the conversation. It's very close, and they need a wide receiver. They need a wide receiver, so it's not a bad pick. It's just it's just trying to find that optimal pick. And, I, and I'm with you there. Uh, Newsom would be my choice as well. Uh, I don't know if we swayed you, uh, Kyle, but you are now still on the clock. What do you What do you think after we had that conversation for the scouts and we just we broke that down? You, you listening to us or are you going with Bateman or more? Well, I have to say that if you told me I had to pick between Newsom and Morig, I wouldn't give Morig a second thought. It would be Newsom every day. Like I don't know where you're thinking they have no safeties. They have Kevin Byard, who's like the best safety in the NFL. Probably not the best, but top five easily. He's a good player. Armani Hooker has been very good. Matthias Farley, they signed from the Jets to be their third safety to fill in if anybody gets hurt. I think they're fine at safety, especially in the first round. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to listen to Mr. A.J. Brown because he wants us to pick Elijah Moore. I'm going to pick Elijah Moore. I can't say no to him. Elijah Moore is going off the board. Love that. Love it. it. He just stuck to his guns. Good job, Kyle. Way to stick to your guns. I love that. Wide receiver, Ole Miss, uh, going off the board to the Tennessee Titans with the 22nd overall pick. And that brings us to, I believe, Kyle once again with the New York Jets at the 23rd overall pick. Now, this is their second pick. Their first pick was obviously BYU quarterback Zach Wilson at the number two. So, Kyle, what do you got here? Well, you guys hit it on the head about secondary last time, and I'll listen this time with the Jets because uh, <laughs> there's no A.J. Brown on the Jets telling me to pick Elijah Moore. Um, I didn't think Greg Newsom would be here. I was looking at a guy like Asante Samuel Jr., but um, I'll definitely pick Greg Newsom since he's still here. I think that's spot on. Well, the, the next pick, go ahead and announce it before we get too excited, but go ahead. So the next pick is the Pittsburgh Steelers at 24 overall. And that pick will be made by Brad Wire. Brad, what are we doing? Where's your where's your head at? I mean, this is so good, right? So so before we let let, let Brad make his pick, I, I want to hear uh term, right? So term, there's a ton of people saying that you know um they should pick Najee Harris, and Najee Harris is available. 
um, you know, um, between you and the fence post, if we're running that team right now, I would tell anybody who wants to draft Najee Harris that they've lost their mind and we need offensive line help. We need multiple offensive line spots. Elijah Vera Tucker is staring us in the face if you want an interior offensive lineman. And, I mean, if you want to dig deeper, you know, Sam Cosme at tackle or whatever. But, I, I mean, for me at this particular point, I'm looking at Elijah Vera Tucker and just adding to that offensive line and probably looking at tackle with the second pick. I mean, we'll find ourselves a running back, but we're not going to be able to – uh, you know, throw the ball down the field to any of these three wide receivers. Uh, Big Ben is not going to stay healthy, and whomever the running back is isn't going to find fertile soil unless they've got offensive line help. So for me, it's absolutely offensive line. What do you think, Term? Yeah, I um, uh, again, you hit the nail on the head. You can get a running back later, um, and Najee Harris and, and Etn and those guys—they're great eye candy, and they're tempting right you want to reach out and get them uh but if you can't block block them up you know what's the point I mean, if you right. can't keep your quarterback upright what's the point um and that that offensive line has been in decline ever since uh oh man uh their coach uh they, they got hired by the broncos hey, um no shit anyway munchak. they've been in decline for munchak yes munchak. thank you munchak mike munchak They've been in decline ever since he left town, and, and they're getting a little long in the tooth, the guys that are still there. I think uh, you're right. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker's got to be the pick here. They don't are, need are we, defense. Yeah, are we talking your language here, uh, Brad? I mean, you know, we set you up on a tee with this offensive line talk. You're pulling at my heartstrings here, you know. Um, <laughs> I do not think that like, – you, you guys hit the nail on the head. I do not think that they are – "Quote unquote pigeonholed into taking a running back here, um, as some people have said in the past. Um, I, I obviously Najee Harris fits what they want to do, but um, it is it, the the way that they played offense last year. Would they average like forty plus passes a game? And I mean that because they couldn't really run the ball. But um, the last time that they took a running back in the first round was." 2008, they picked Rashad Mendenhall. Obviously, I think we all know how that worked out. They have not picked a running back before that in like 20 years. So I am not going running back here. Um, I've talked about him a little bit before. I think the most pro-ready pro um, tackle in the draft at this point is uh, is Eichenberg. Um, Eich, whatever, according to, uh, to some other draft analysts. But... Um, Eichenberg for me here fits what I think the lunch pail Steelers want to do is get to work day one and, and hit the door running. Um, I would be more than happy with um, Elijah Vera Tucker here, but I think that the need at tackle is bigger than the need at guard here. Cause they just drafted Kevin Dotson last year and they still have David DeCastro. Um, so their guards are covered. It's the center and the left tackle spot that they need the most. So I'm taking, I'm taking, Eichenberg and and run it home. There it is. There it is. Uh, the Steelers got their left tackle help, their tackle help, and that brings us to the twenty fifth overall pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Term, you are on the clock. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, this is pretty pretty. I mean, they got holes everywhere, and uh, they drafted their franchise quarterback number one. Um, this guy probably still shouldn't be on the board. 
Uh, like I said, he's my top wide receiver. So uh, with the 25th pick in the 2021 NFL draft, mock draft, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars select wide receiver Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. Nothing wrong with that pick. That was easy. Give Trevor Lawrence I mean, another weapon. I mean, there's, yeah, it, it's interesting because, of course, they have Chenault, they have Chark, and they have Marvin Jones. Obviously, Marvin Jones is more of a stopgap. This would certainly put some pressure on Chenault and Chark in terms of you know fantasy, right? I mean, this would be kind of a, a, a blow to both of those guys, or at least one of them. We just wouldn't know which one. I mean, that would be a very, very interesting situation because Marvin Jones is probably going to get his at least for a year so. One of those other three guys, whether it be Bateman, Shark, or Chenault, would be on the outside looking in a little bit. Obviously, they'd still be involved, but more, boy, oh, boy, uh, lowered expectations across the board for some of those players. Yeah, so I wasn't thinking in terms of fantasy uh, no. when I made this pick. Uh, I was thinking uh, – so if, for me, what I saw from Marvin Jones last year, he looked you know, pretty close to done. Right. Uh, I'm not sure, sure how much they're going to get out of him. So I'm not, you know, I'm not sure he'd be on the roster if I were the Jaguars GM. <laughs> right. um, uh, but such is life. He he may not even make the team, especially if we make this pick, right? Right. Uh, so. Yeah, no, uh, I, I agree with you. I mean, talk about a, a three-headed monster, though, when sort of Marvin Jones, maybe Marvin Jones, like you said, moves out of the way right away. And then you have Bateman, Chark, and Chenault in the middle. Wow, that'd be uh, that'd be pretty fun. So, uh, pretty fun pick. Uh, nice, nicely done. Plus, where James Robinson out of the backfield. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Just, absolutely. Uh, no, where where well, are we going, Michael? We are going to the twenty-sixth overall pick. The Cleveland Browns are on the clock. Brad, you are back once again. Well. This pick it seems to me like a luxury pick for Cleveland. Um, they don't have a lot of holes all around. Um, one guy that they did lose, who is kind of rumored to be coming back, is Sheldon Richardson. One guy that has slipped a little bit is Christian Barmore. Um, certainly would add to their interior uh, up front. Uh, they just brought in Jadavion Clowney to pair with, um, oh, my God, my brain. Uh, Miles, Miles Gaskin. Miles Gaskin. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Gaskin. You, uh, yeah, Miles that, Gaskin. That, yes. Miles Gaskin. Yeah, playing famous picking up Miles all those sacks and swinging helmets. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love this pick, though. I love it. Best player available. This 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 Cleveland yep. uh, team is loaded on both sides of the ball. You know, they've got a few spots where they can go, but really they can kind of, you know, they can let the board fall to them, which is crazy when we're talking about the Cleveland Browns in that way but it's true man they can they can take literally BPA and almost at almost any position and and just add to an already strong group for for at almost every position yeah this is a no fucking brainer for me like <laughs> Barmore is a great defensive tackle you lost Sheldon Richardson you lost Larry, Larry Ogunjobi you kind of need somebody there put Barmore in there that's exactly who I had in my mock that I published today Definitely Barmore. So easy. Awesome. All right. Wow. I really Lock like it what, up. Nice and easy. Uh, what was that, Brad? I was just going to add, I really like what Stefanski's done with this team. Uh, total 180 flip for them. It's, yeah. it's incredible to watch. I love it. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, it's just, it's nice to see them have an identity and, you know, be functional, I guess. It's bizarre. 
Um, but that brings us to the team that abandoned Cleveland back in the day. That is the Baltimore Ravens at 27 overall. And Jax, you are on the clock. Where yeah, are we I going? Mean, oh, this one's easy, too. I mean, if you guys could script it any better for, you know, the, the Baltimore Ravens who uh, lost their all-pro guard before last season, they had really two holes at, at interior offensive linemen. And a lot of times when I do these mocks with, you know, with the Ravens, you know, I'm looking down at the Wyatt Davis sort of range and wondering if, you know, it's worth, you know, quote unquote, reaching for for an offensive guard. And in this particular case, Elijah Vera Tucker, Tucker somehow falls to pick 27. Uh, this is an absolute match made in heaven. I think Baltimore could, you know, if, if Tucker's not here, they could look, uh, you know, defense edge. They could go with a weapon on offense. But for me, this would be the quickest you know, car going right up to the, right up to the podium, uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, uh, uh, guard out of USC he can play tackle. I mean, he's just a, a versatile offensive, uh, lineman. Uh, this one's easy. Yeah, I think, I think that one was really easy. I think the Ravens would be, uh, exactly like you said, driving a car up to the podium at this point Absolutely. to get it in as fast as possible. I, I, I'd actually offer a different different opinion. I'd Go for it. Be going Tell me why. If I was, I'd be going edge if I was the Ravens. You got nobody there. You lost Matthew Judon. Um, Jalen Ferguson, uh, not very good. Um, you still have guys like Joseph Asai who are athletic freaks. Uh, Jason Owe is, was incredibly fast. Uh, Jalen Phillips is also an athletic freak. You have like your choice of athletic freaks at edge right now. Um, obviously none of them are incredibly polished, but you still have like even Greg Rousseau is still available too. Um, there's so many options at edge and I'd definitely be picking one of them if I was the Ravens. Yeah. And I get that. I mean, in a lot of, most of these mocks, I'm always taking edge there. I, you know, and Jalen Phillips kind of falls there as well. There's been some talk that Jalen Phillips is going to go in like the top 15. He's been you know, I, I don't know if they rise or whatever, but I mean, you know, uh, according to, you know, the, the, the masses, he's been rising. But again, I think your most valuable asset on that team is Lamar Jackson, not close. And and if you're not, uh, you know, building your team to support and surround him, I think you're doing it wrong. Granted, you're not wrong at all about their, their need of edge, and I think they're going to get one. But I think you can, you know, get a couple. Of, I'd probably double up with a couple of edge picks later, you know, but I'd want to lock in that offensive line, lock in that that ability to, to run downhill and to, to move people off the ball. And with, with J.K. Dobbins and Lamar Jackson, that's going to be dangerous if they have that offensive line dominating, um, you know, but you're not wrong. And you, well, you hit the nail on the head there, really. Um, the, the, the way that they played last year after losing that, that big interior, it doesn't matter how good the tackles are. It doesn't matter that you've Ronnie Stanley and Orlando Brown in the, at, at tackle if you're getting – guys in your face in in a half a second up front uh in the interior so th- th- like you said this is a slam dunk pick for me elijah vera tucker uh slides in easily in the interior and improves them tremendously day one well Jax, uh you get to continue on and pick for the new orleans saints who have the 28th overall pick um where are we going I've got a, I've got a couple ways to go. I'd, I'd actually, to be honest, I'd like to hear what Kyle has to say about the Saints here. Um, what do you think, my friend? Well, the guy that I mocked to them is still available, um, and that's linebacker Zaven Collins from Tulsa. 
Um, they they've had a pretty big hole at linebacker for a while. They've tried to fill it with guys like Alex Anzalone, um, but haven't quite found the guy. Um, Zayvon Collins, six foot five, big dude, can uh, blitz really well, hits people really hard, and he can cover. Um, he's kind of like um, this is a really like successful comp. But he's like Brian Erlacher light. Um, that's he might he very well may not be as good as Brian Erlacher. That's a high bar to meet, but he plays uh, similarly. Term, you got anything on this on this particular pick with the uh, with the Saints? No, I, I mean I like what what Kyle just said there. I, I you know they they've got so many places that they could. This, this is another team that could sort of like. Uh, like the Browns, they could just like let it kind of fall to them and see. I agree. Best player available. Yeah, they don't have like glaring needs where they're like, oh my god, if they don't get one of these, they're they're screwed. I mean, their defense was really good last year. Um, you know, you're right. They've got a they've got a hole there, but I, you know, here's where I'm thinking. I've got a guy that I am really excited about. Um, if Jameis Winston is their quarterback, and you've got Michael Thomas. And if I can get the hometown kid and I can scroll down just a little bit and I can get myself Terrace Marshall at this pick, I'm going to go ahead and do it. So I'm going to go ahead and bring Terrace Marshall in, keep him in, in, in New Orleans and let him play with, uh, with, with the big boys here and, and uh, really try and open up that offense and, and, and see if Jameis can air it out. I think you just broke the hearts of a lot of Packer fans. Yes, I did. <laughs> um, I, I can that? dig it, but. <laughs> I'll add one thing. That. <laughs> um, corner is also a big need for them. They lost their second corner, and then Marshawn Lattimore had some legal issues over the offseason. So who knows what's going on with that? There, there just wasn't a cornerback. I mean, I, what is it, Stokes or a couple of the other guys there? Um, I like Kelvin Joseph, actually. Yeah. That, that kid's that would probably be my next next corner off the board. Uh, Samuel's a pretty good Samuel player. Junior, um, yeah. Yeah, but I'd go with Kelvin Joseph there. That may be a good pick too. I, I kind of like that 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 spot. But um, you know, uh, it, they, they're it's just too too fun to pick the hometown kid there. Well, uh, term that brings us to the Green Bay Packers, and uh, I think uh, you know, Terrence Marshall's off the board. So where are you going at number twenty nine overall with the Green Bay Packers? Uh, yeah. So they they've got several. Uh, needs that should be addressed here their offensive line uh you know i know they've got back to could miss some time to start the season they have no swing tackle on the roster uh defensive line is sort of like they've got a couple of guys that that are coming to the end uh lancaster's on a one-year deal um lowry is probably going into his final year in green bay so uh gunkerst has got a you know got a tough decision to make the Packers haven't drafted uh, Aaron Rodgers a single uh, offensive weapon in the first round since he's been there, I think, uh, which is pretty ridiculous to think about. Um, they could use a wide receiver. I mean, they've got Devontae Adams, and uh, I know uh, that, you know, that uh, Rodgers likes uh, Alan Lazard, uh, but he's not really anything special. Um, so, I, you know, I'm of two minds here. There are a couple of guys that I'm – sort of torn on um yeah uh, i think that uh the pick would have been terrence marshall um probably should have kept that to myself um <laughs> uh so 
you know, I guess it comes down to what how you feel about uh, Purdue's Rondell Moore uh, versus, uh, you know, my top. They could use an, an edge rusher. Uh, and, you know, I think Jalen Phillips, uh, the kid out of Miami, has shown some real promise. Uh, I think the streak continues. I think we can get a wide receiver later, and we, we, we probably will. But I think Gunkirst is going to probably address that defense and, and – you know, try and get Rodgers over the hump against uh, Brady. Uh, you know, that offense, had they had their way with that Packer defense uh, in, in uh, that game up at Lambeau. So we're going to take Jalen Phillips' uh, edge out of Miami. I want to well, point out goes. one thing. And Go obviously you, you wanted Marshall before he got picked, but with wide receiver for the Packers, like Adams isn't re-signed past next season. And he's going to call – Bring in a pretty penny wherever he ends up. Um, so wide receivers definitely looking like some something they, they're gonna need soon. Yeah. Michael, what are we where are we at? We are on to the Buffalo Bills at 30 overall. And honestly, I was hoping for Jalen Phillips there. Yeah. Um the uh, the Buffalo Bills do not really have an option next to uh Jerry Hughes, who is on the wrong side of 30. Um, so it's going to become well, have, more and more of a need. They have Mario Addison, who's also well on the wrong side of 30. True, true, very true. They don't have a young answer next to Jerry Hughes or Mario Addison. Um, so I think that edge is still a, a very good possibility here, and there is a guy that I like. Um, then I've also thought a little bit about maybe going for a cornerback, uh, but I'm not really sure if there's one that I like enough for the end of the first round necessarily. Um, and then there's a small part of me that wants to go with Travis Etienne, actually uh, give them an electric option out of the backfield, make uh, the defense really fear, uh, you know, that backfield because I do like Najee Harris, but I think Etienne is uh, lightning in a bottle. And I think um, having him next to Singletary and Moss is uh, a better combination. He's a great pass catcher. Um, and I just can't get that uh, that playoff game where I think they ran the ball literally zero times in the first <laughs> yeah, half right. out of my mind. Um, so wh- what do you guys think? Well, I think um, I'd, I'd be going, go I'd be going edge, like you said, and I'd be going right after Jalen Phillips' teammate, Gregory Rousseau from – He's a bit of a project, but obviously they have those two guys who are over 30 to play this year, and Rosso can uh, work his way up behind him. What's their cornerback situation? Because, I mean, you know, Kelvin Joseph out of Kentucky might might make some sense if they need a corner. Don't don't they? They they have um, uh, Well, they have a cornerback one who is an all-pro. Yes. Tredavious I mean, White. They have Tredavious White. Yes. But, uh, you know, no, no, um, but I mean behind him, obviously. Behind him, they, they don't have much. Yeah, they really don't. Um, they had a guy, I think he might have left in free agency. I, I don't know why I'm blanking right now. But, uh, yeah, I th- cornerback is a very serious consideration for me. But um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to have to beat the, the Chiefs, who I think are going to throw the ball a little bit. Yep. Um, yeah. You know, and so that's, that's the team you need to beat. And I don't know that ETN makes it any easier for them to, to no, win that to no. win that game the edge certainly does and i think the corner i would be looking at either kelvin joseph or any of the the edges that you guys think are good i mean uh away is a is a physical freak and so that's that's the guy that's on the top of my list right now 
Um, and it's mainly because they have those older options at edge right now, and he will have time to develop. And yeah. his ceiling is I mean, he's just a physical. Yeah, he's, I mean, a physical he's just he's incredible. He's it's absolutely ridiculous. And I think there is risk there. But Buffalo has been really like they haven't been risk averse, but they've been really, really good at actually developing talent. Yeah, they're well coached. Um, exactly. That they're well coached. And that's uh, that's why, you know, I'm just going to make it. I'm going to make the pick. Uh, Jason Owe out of uh, Penn State, edge rusher. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm going with. And uh, that know, brings – yep, go on. I know I agreed with you on the edge point, but they also did bring in A.J. Epinesa last, last year. Although he didn't prove much, he's kind of like already doing that project-type defensive end role. Yeah, I think they felt like they needed to take Epinesa, but I don't know that Epinesa is going to ever be anything. So it's sunk cost corollary. Um, I think you, you know, and you also swing you until you find something. Yeah, right. Exactly. I yeah, mean, I'm not sure Epinesa scenario. Is the answer. Two years from now, if you've got Epinesa and OA, it's like okay, great. Awesome. Exactly. Um, yeah, like I, I mean, especially with the way that a lot of rot- uh, edge rushers rotate in today's NFL. I mean, well, we're know, down. To, we're down too many. We're down to the last two picks, and it's the Super Bowl teams. Uh, pick 31 will be the Kansas City Chiefs, and pick 32 will be the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, Michael, yep. take us home. Jax, you are on the clock right now for uh, the 31st overall pick, the runner-ups, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, my, my eyes go immediately to tackle. <laughs> I look, and there's Samuel Cosme, uh, the tackle out of Texas. I don't know if there's a better tackle in, in this draft remaining so i'm gonna ask brad wire um is is cosme a good prospect a good player can he plug and play or is there a better plug and play option at tackle in this in this spot so cosme is is like the one of the most polarizing tackle prospects of this draft there's plays where he's absolutely incredible he's out of his mind and there's plays where you have no idea what he's doing um it's it's kind of like mind-boggling to me um, cause like you, you expect so much out of him cause he's so big and he is a, he is a physical tower, but some of his footwork is a bit of a mess, which can be cleaned up. Obviously just might take time. The way that I would be leaning is, um, is they have no one at center right now, really. Um, Ooh. I would like them to give Nick Allegretti a shot, but, um, Landon Creed Dickerson, Humphrey. Creed Humphrey are, are right there on the board. Um, that's kind of where I would be looking and to see, um, maybe what other tackle falls later in the draft. Um, they can always, they can always make a move there later. That's very now, interesting. Go ahead. I'm no offensive line expert. I won't claim to be one, but there's a tackle that I absolutely love in this class, and I want to bring his name up. I want to pound the table for him, and that's the guy out of BYU, Brady Christensen. Um, he's not talked about much in the first round, but this dude turned in the highest PFF grade that a college offensive tackle has ever brought in over an entire offensive, over an entire season. And then he went to his pro day and he turned in over 90th percentile in every single test that he took in with bench press, three cone, 40 yard shuttle, vertical jump and broad jump. He posted a 100th percentile test grade in broad jump at 124 inches. The dude's six foot six. He has great technique. The only knock on him is that he served a two year mission and he's 23 years old. But if you're the Chiefs and your Super Bowl window's already open, do you really care if you're drafting a 23 year old? If he can come in and contribute immediately? 
Hey, I at love least this. at least he's not a firefighter. That's all I have no, to I, say. I love <laughs> this. That right now Kyle's throwing the heat. I I, I was ready to take um take the center. Now I'm thinking about taking Brady Christensen. Uh, uh, Brad, what do you have to say back to him? I mean, this, I, you know, here I am, the GM. I got my two scouts arguing. What, what do you say to that, brother? He he is one of the guys. The the reason that I was saying the tackle might fall to you later is because of guys like him later in the draft. Um, I love Brady Christensen. Um, he's one of the guys that obviously I've I've had to spend more time on because of Kyle. Um, so <laughs> thank you for that. But um, but yeah, I'm like I said, I think the tackle class is deep enough where you can get a guy just like this later. Or if you think that he's falling in the second round and you want to trade up, I think you go snipe from there. But I'm I'm addressing um, one of those interior centers before anyone else can, before anyone else is uh, is even looking. Hmm. What's boy, oh boy. Holy smokes. These guys put me on Tough the spot. I, I, yeah, I've got to listen to one of my scouts here. I mean, my offensive line guys tell me to take the off. You know what? Hold on. Yes, you got it, Patrick. You absolutely 100%. Patrick Mahomes literally just went in my ear. He said he wants Brady Christensen. So we're taking the tackle because he needs a tackle. He needs like two of them or three of them at least. We're taking Brady Christensen, offensive tackle, BYU, Kansas City Chiefs. There it is. Uh, good job, Kyle. I guess you put up a very good case. Uh, and that brings us to the final pick of the first round, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the uh, reigning Super Bowl champions led by uh, title Tom himself. Uh, Term, you are on the board with the 32nd overall pick. Yeah, so this is a, a team that, you know, we've said this a couple of times, but they can literally let the board fall to them. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> um, you know, they're they're going to be in the thick of it again because they've got Tom Brady. They don't have – they have one maybe glaring need, and that's edge rusher. And since this team is, is in win-now mode and Jason Pierre-Paul is still around – um, they can take the hometown kid. They can take Gregory Rousseau from Miami, who posted 19 and a half tackles for loss and, and 15 and a half sacks in 2019. He's raw, uh, but he's, you know, all the tools are there. Uh, this is a, a pick that they can make, and, and he doesn't necessarily have to contribute this year. It's not going to make or break them. So uh, we're going to take Gregory Rousseau, uh, edge rusher, Miami, Florida. That's a great right. pick. I want to say that I love Rousseau. I love the pick, but I want to throw a curveball at you guys because this is what I did in my mock draft. And like like Term said, they have very few holes. They have a, a great roster at every position. And if you're not going to draft somebody who's going to immediately produce, why not go with, your ba- with a backup quarterback? Yep. Tom Brady's 44 years old. If you can get Tom Brady's blessing, as long as you're not doing Jordan Love stuff, if you can get Tom Brady's blessing, why not go out and take Kyle Trask to go learn behind the greatest of all time? Because I'd rather have Davis Mills. I would rather have. I was just about to. God, no. That's why. Yeah, Ooh, I, mean, I thought you were going to say I'd, Davis Mills. I'd, ra- I'd rather have Davis Mills than Trey Lance. Ooh. And on that note, that ends our mock draft. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But wow, <laughs> no, that's fantastic. Um, so, so I want to do one quick thing as we finish up, and uh, that's going to be – I'm going to ask each of you your favorite 
pick uh, of the draft. So if you're looking at it real quick, take your time. Now I'm throwing the surprise curveball at you. Um, But uh, I'm going to make Michael go first because he's my producer. He thinks he's a hot shot. And I'll let the other guys think about it. Of course, they can't pick uh, whoever he picks. So uh, what was your favorite pick of the draft? Um, Michael, go ahead. Well, first of all, I do not think I'm a hot shot. Um, if I managed to get Jamar Chase at number 12 overall to the Eagles, then I would be a hot shot. That's right. Um, <laughs> you almost but, uh, pulled it off, but I yelled at you and ridiculed you into taking uh, taking him in the, uh, at the I 11th know. spot. I, I'm just, you know, I got I got two Dave Gettleman in my head, and I am stalling right now so I can choose my favorite pick. That's um, right. But uh, in all honesty, I, you know, I, I'm kind of torn, but I think I'm going to go Elijah Vera Tucker. I mean, you got the first, you got the, the top guard in the class. And you got him at 27 overall. It filled a pretty big need on a team that loves to run the football. You're protecting your franchise quarterback. You're going to allow J.K. Dobbins to get more room. And, um, yeah, I think he fell farther than I was expecting. And, um, you know, I think there were definitely sexier picks. But I I think that's a, you know, if that happened, I think the Ravens would be thrilled. So I'm going to go with that. Brad? Well, I like that one very much. I'm not going to steal that. Um, I yeah. I did my best. I really did my best to 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 see Jamar Chase fall to the Eagles by picking Jalen Waddle. I appreciate but, um, you, Brad. I, was, my, my <laughs> I efforts, appreciate you, man. My efforts were thwarted. Um, you know, my favorite pick is is uh, Christian Derrissaw to to the Chargers. Um, give give Herbert all the time that he needs, knowing that he has not been afforded that luxury. In at Oregon or or in his first year because that offensive line last year was an absolute mess. Um, I was looking it up just a second ago. Um, they came in like the the last, almost tied for last in uh, my new pass protection metric that I had done um, over the last couple of months. And that's it's just a home run slam dunk pick for me there. Uh, I loved Arisaw to the Chargers. They came in tied for last with Washington. So, again, there so. Nice. Kyle? Well, mine's pretty easy, but I'll, I'll give you a free one before that, and that's, like, my least favorite pick is that my guy Trayvon Moerig didn't even get drafted <laughs> in the first round. Right. Um, that's just as much your fault as anyone else's. <laughs> well... I mean, I have, I still have him graded as like a late first round pick, and I didn't really have any late first round picks. But um, I will say, I think he's a baller at safety. Um, and then my favorite draft pick, it's pretty obvious. I went in the war room and I convinced Jax Falcone to take Brady Christensen. So it has to be that one. Yeah, absolutely, man. You did a great job. So that was an awesome pick. And I really appreciate it because you sold me on it. So I love it. Uh, Term, what was your favorite pick of the draft? Um, I hate to be that guy, but it's Justin Fields going to Detroit, right? Man, you sniped me. I was going there. That's where I was going. That's a great pick. I mean, you know, they get the the, the franchise reset. They get a uh, what many people think is a generational, you know, quarterback. You know, Sean Watson two point He can do it all, um, seemingly. So, yeah, I mean, that's. If he falls to them or if they're able to trade up and get him, that would be great for the city of Detroit. God, you definitely took my uh, my pick. I was definitely going there. I think um, – You still can. 
Well, it, it, certainly <laughs> Justin Fields was 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 a great spot. I mean, they, for them to get that turn of fortune is exactly correct, and that's why I was going to say it. Um, I, I'd say the other one, honestly, you know, and, and it's be, just because I think they probably won't do this, and it'll really frustrate me is the Cincinnati Bengals taking Penn Sewell. Um, I just think that they need to, you know, if, if they've got everything they need, they just need to make sure that. Joe Burrow isn't isn't laying on his back trying to throw it to whomever his his wide receivers are. Uh, if he can stay stay standing and and be protected, and if if Penny Sewell is the player that everybody says he is, man, I, I love that match in Cincinnati, and and I hope they don't um, make a mistake and, and pick a you know pick an outside perimeter offensive player, you know, a la uh, Henry Ruggs last year when um, the, the the kid from. Uh, um, uh, Tampa Bay with uh, uh, Tristan Wirfs, you know, Wirfs was just sitting there for him. I think mean, he fell all the way to like 12 or something like that. And uh, just, a, you know, so do the right thing, Cincinnati, build your line. And, and, and then you're, you, you got a shot at going to the Super Bowl in the next couple of years, if they can just build the, that offensive line, I mean, that's all they really need. Uh, so hey, that was my favorite. Hey, I, I tell you what, I'll let you have uh fields and I'll, I'll take Micah Parsons to fall into the, uh, the Patriots there. That's an excellent pick. Yeah, I didn't want to pick my own pick, but I I love Michael Parsons. I yeah, mean, so it was I won't silly. pick my own pick. You <laughs> pick my pick, and I'll pick your pick. Sure, absolutely. I mean, I thought you're uh, – yeah, of course, Detroit, Justin Fields, but I love making that Michael Parsons pick. I mean, you know, when you're picking on the clock at 15 with your hometown team and all of a sudden it's like – you know, you just see him sitting there like, oh, this is so good. So, yeah, it, was, it felt really good to land him there. And, and I'm hopeful that, if, again, if they don't trade up for your pick in Justin Fields, that they're able to uh, secure a guy like Parsons specifically or, or, you know, if there's someone even better that falls, obviously. But, uh, guys, you, you were outstanding. This was a, a, a great pod. Of course, as always, a Jack Falcone-led pod went long. Uh, what the hell? <laughs> what is new? Um, but hopefully you guys loved it. Hopefully uh, you're still listening. And, uh, you know, on behalf of everybody at the, uh, at the Undroppables, on behalf of everybody at the Undrafted, uh, Michael Duncan, Kyle Larson, Brad Wire, Randall Kennedy, thank you so much for tuning in, and we out. <laughs>